Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. What's up, Packer fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk about today's topic because I find it extremely interesting and I'll be transparent up front. I don't have a perfect answer for you as we get into the question and I'll just lay it out there for you. The question is going to be, what are the right expectations for Jordan Love this season? And you may have saw yesterday on Twitter, uh, Dan Orlovsky had posted his quarterbacks who are under the most pressure in 2023. And he did it by NFC, AFC, and then I think he did an overall uh, NFL one as well. But the quarterback that he put under the most pressure of any quarterback in the NFC was Jordan Love. And he was second in the NFL, according to Dan Orlovsky, to only Aaron Rodgers. So he said Aaron Rodgers had the most pressure of any quarterback, but he said that Jordan Love had more pressure than any NFC quarterback. We'll maybe discuss that in a little bit, but here were some of his reasons why. He is a first-round pick who hasn't really played yet. He already received a contract extension. He basically helped push a Hall of Fame quarterback out of town so that the Packers could move forward with Jordan Love, said that he needs to prove that he can be the guy, and that in his opinion, his expectation should be that Jordan Love doesn't skip a beat from what the Packers have been, and mentioned that the Packers have been in the NFC Championship game two of the last three years, and said he expects Jordan Love to play, quote, tremendous football. So that was Dan Orlovsky on Jordan Love and the pressure that he is under in 2023. Now, I would be a bit hypocritical if I said that this was totally foolhardy and completely crazy, because I had just done an episode recently of Packers that are on the hot seat this year. And on my list of Packers that are on the hot seat is Jordan Love. I think Dan Orlovsky and I have some some similar common ground here on what we're sort of talking about. And where I'm coming across and why I put Jordan Love on the hot seat is that, simply put, if Jordan Love has a terrible season, Green Bay will start looking for his replacement next year. And there is, at least as of, as of right now, on paper, set to be a tremendous quarterback class that is coming up in this next, in this next draft. 
So if Jordan Love goes out and just plays terribly, Green Bay is going to look at those quarterbacks. There's no two ways about it. Even if he plays like bad slash just not up to expectations, Green Bay is going to have to look at those quarterbacks. So inherently going into this season, there is pressure on Jordan Love. He is a little bit on the hot seat, at least when it comes to him having to play at a good enough level for him to show, hey, I can be the guy here and you can put your faith in you, me and you can put your trust in me. And I think it was semi-telling that Green Bay signed him to basically a one-year extension, you know, not having to have them do the fifth-year guarantee or anything like that, but basically just signing him to that one-year extension. This was not a super long-term deal. This was, hey, let's give you the starting job this year. You're going to be on the roster in some capacity next year, but we're not committing anything past that point. And I think, again, that is somewhat telling. However, I do think Dan and I are a little bit on different wavelengths here. I don't think Jordan is under the most pressure of any quarterback in the NFL. And the other thing that I will very clearly state here is I think Packer fans have a pretty good understanding of you know going into this season that nothing's probably going to be perfect for Jordan Love. There's going to be some ups and downs. I think most Packer fans expect that there's going to be some bumps in the road and that it's it's going to take time. Yes, this is his fourth year in the league, and these are very unique situations and unique circumstances. And Jordan's going to have some pressure because of all the things that Dan mentioned, that Aaron is gone and Jordan's the guy, and he's the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. That is a big deal. Listen, as much as maybe nobody wants to put that pressure on him, this is going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to now Jordan Love. It's up to Jordan to figure out where he fits in that next in line after after Brett and Aaron. And the sky's the limit. He was a first round pick for a reason. He's an incredibly talented thrower of the ball. He's an incredibly talented football player, but he has a lot to put together. And there's a very interesting roster and team that's around him as well. So yes, I do think that Jordan is on the hot seat in some capacity. And mostly just that if he completely craps the bed and does terrible, and I wanna lay out here too, I do not expect that to happen. I don't expect Jordan to come out and play poorly at all, nor should, I shouldn't have to say this, but nor do I want that to happen. As you know, I'm a Packer fan, Bart Starr's behind me. I would love for Jordan to go out and be the best quarterback in the NFL. That would give me great joy. But I do think it's at least within the realm of possibility that if Jordan does not play well and he really plays poorly, that yes, there is he's going to be on the hot seat. That that just is what it is. And there is some level of pressure that comes with it. But as far as most pressure in the NFL, or at least in the NFC, second most pressure in the NFL, I don't see it that way. The pressure that's on Jordan is simply the pressure of being the starting quarterback in Green Bay. And yes, following a couple legends along with it. That, that's just part of the gig and part of the territory. I don't think there's any additional pressure on him based on the circumstances that are given. And I think if you even want to say, well, it's the, the Packers moved on from Aaron because Jordan was ready and he's ready to be the guy and the expectations are up here. I don't necessarily buy that either. I do think they moved on to Jordan because they want to see him play and see what he's capable of. But I think they wanted to move on from Aaron more due to the circumstances, the state of the team, the contract that Aaron was under, and wanting to see Jordan love. It was all encompassing. It wasn't just, oh, Jordan's ready and we need to get this old guy out of town so that this guy can play right now because he's going to take us to the promised land sooner rather than later. I don't see it that way. I see it as it was 
everything involved in the process from contract to probably Aaron needing a fresh start, Green Bay needing a fresh start, wanting to see what Jordan's capable of, and all of the above. I don't think it's just any one thing. So inherently there is pressure with being the Packers starting quarterback and every quarterback, if they go out and they play poorly, is capable of being replaced at any time. That's most players at most positions in the NFL as a whole. So I don't necessarily agree with with uh, Dan Orlovsky that this is the, the super high pressure situation for Jordan Love and he has to feel like all of this burden on him. I just don't see it this that, that way. I think the, the burden and the pressure is just simply being the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. But yes, there is some level of pressure that is clearly there. But that, I think, brought me to my main question and what I really wanted to discuss today is what should be the expectations for Jordan Love? Because I think that's really, really interesting because I think this is really tough to pin down. Green Bay is the only franchise, basically, that has been in this situation anywhere near recently where you go from a Hall of Fame quarterback, you draft his replacement in the first round, you wait three years, and then you give the reins over to the next guy. And that's from Brett to Aaron and now Aaron to Jordan. It just doesn't happen that often, especially with a first round pick at quarterback. When you pick a guy in the first round, they're playing sooner rather than later. That has not happened with Jordan. And yes, we saw him start against the Chiefs. We saw him come in in some garbage, you know, not, not necessarily mop-up duty, but uh, I guess more garbage mop-up duty against the Lions a couple of years ago. And then he came in with the injury to Aaron Rodgers last year uh, against, the, um, against the Eagles. So we've seen Jordan a little bit. We've seen him in preseason, but he hasn't had the opportunity to really be the guy. The Chiefs game, he had some level of opportunity to prep for, but it was a really bad game plan going into the heart of Kansas City. Jordan wasn't quite ready yet. I don't think we can glean a ton from that. The Eagles certainly were not prepped for Jordan Love in their encounter with him. So we can't really glean a ton from that either. They're going to, the quarter, defensive coordinators are going to now be game planning specifically for Jordan and trying to make sure that things are as complicated and complex and as nuanced as possible. Then he's going to have to read every single defense known to man. So we don't have a great regular season feel for what Jordan Love can be as a starter. So trying to put expectations together as to what a a season should look like for Jordan is really hard to do. And there's just not a ton of precedence here. There's just not, there's like not only just first round quarterbacks, but there's not guys who sit for the first three years of their career and then take over as the clear starter in year four. There's just not. So it's really tough to look back at the annals of NFL history and say, well, this has happened on these different occasions. And here's here's who did it the worst. Here's the average. Here's who did it the best. So we have to sort of think outside the box a little bit and put a few different things together. And that's what my goal is today is to sort of look at some other quarterbacks in some different situations, try to see what a average season should look like for Jordan Love and where we can kind of set that bar. So the first thing and the clearest you know, expectation, or I guess the clearest, um, you know, know, just apples to apples comparison, if you will, is Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter. That's the closest we get. And it's it's really like the, the perfect scenario, right? You're taking over for a Hall of Famer. You sat your first few years. This is your first year as a dedicated starter. They traded away the Hall of Fame player so that you could start in the league. That That's really the, the apples to apples, the true comparison that this is. The issue is that we now know that Aaron ended up becoming one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So if that's the only player that we have to really compare him to, that makes things a little bit tougher because we ultimately know what Aaron became. But that being said, Aaron's first year as a starting quarterback, 
341 completions, 536 attempts, 63.6 completion percentage, 4,038 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, had a couple hundred rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns as well as, uh, you know, on that season. But overall, 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 picks on 64% basically completion percentage. That's a pretty darn good first season as a quarterback. So that's one bar that you could set is say, hey, you know, somewhere around 63, 64%, around 4,000 yards. And then, you know, basically a two to one touchdown to interception ratio with Aaron having 28 touchdowns and 13 picks that season. So, all right, that's that's one way to look at it. How about Rodgers just this past season? Now, not a clear apples to apples comparison, right? Aaron is a four-time MVP, a Hall of Famer. So to expect that Jordan can come in and just repeat what Aaron did from a season ago, on you know, just thinking of that out loud, that seems like a pretty tall task, right? But you look at Aaron's numbers from last season in a 17-game schedule, 350 completions on 552 or 542 attempts, excuse me, 64.6% completion percentage, 3,695 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 picks, and a little under 100 yards rushing with a touchdown. That that was his last year as a starter. That's not like a super hard hard like bar to clear. That's within the realm of possibility. Also, by the way, and I tweeted this out, talk about a crazy comparison. Rodgers' first year as a starter, 341 completions. His last year, 350 completions. His first year, 63.6%. Last year, 64.6%. His first year as a starter, 4,038 yards. Last year, 3,695 yards. His first year, 28 touchdowns. Last year, 26 touchdowns. His first year, 13 picks. Last year, 12 picks. Almost identical seasons from his first year as a starter to his last year as a starter in Green Bay. That was a fun little aside for you. Nothing really to do with today's topic, but interesting nonetheless. All right, let's get back to Jordan Love. So those were Aaron's bookend seasons as starters for the as a starter for the Green Bay Packers. That first year certainly interesting, and maybe the the, the ultimate litmus test to touch you know to, to really I guess test Jordan against. And then this past year, can he get to basically what Aaron was a season ago? And if Dan Orlovsky is right, and that the expectation is that Jordan just come in and take over and pick up where Aaron left off, then. Around 64% completion percentage, 3,700 yards, 26 to 12 touchdown interception ratio. That's what you're looking at. And if Jordan can, you know, basically be what Aaron was a season ago, that's a really good, I think, first season. I think everyone would be pretty excited about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. So then I wanted to take a look at, all right, who are some of the top, not necessarily top quarterbacks a season ago, but what are those sort of thresholds? So I went by quarterback rating, which is not the perfect be all end all uh, rating, but I wanted to look at like, all right, what's the 10th best quarterback in the NFL? So by quarterback rating standards, with at least, uh, I wanted to have like at least a decent amount of starts. It was Trevor Lawrence was number 10. All right. So Trevor Lawrence completed 66% of his passes, 4,100 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's about the 10th best quarterback. So if Jordan Love throws for 4,000 yards and 66% completion percentage with a 25 to eight, basically a three to one touchdown to interception ratio, that would put Jordan Love in the top 10, or at least in the conversation around there for quarterbacks in the league. That would be an extremely, extremely good season for Jordan Love. All right, let's talk, let's talk about the 14th best, right around the middle. There wasn't a really other good comparison for players who played enough games and things like that, but Kirk Cousins right around the middle of quarterback. He was 14th, Cousins was. He had 66% of his completions, uh, or 66% completion percentage, 4,547 yards, 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. So two to one touchdown interception, 4,500 yards on 66% completion percentage, technically 65.9. You get the point. So that would be around the 14th best quarterback. So those are pretty lofty expectations if you want to be a top half of the league quarterback. That's right around where Kirk Cousins was. All right, next up, the 22nd best quarterback. So if you want to be, you know, maybe you're not the top 10, maybe you're not top 15, but you're at least not in the bottom third, at least not, I guess you're on the, the fringe there, but you don't want to be a bottom third quarterback. That was Derek Carr. Derek Carr still gets a massive free agent deal this offseason, still is thought of as a starting caliber quarterback in the league, clearly. Derek Carr, 22nd best quarterback rating for quarterbacks with enough starts, had 60.8% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. So that's around where, if you want to be, you know, right around the 20th to 22nd-ish best quarterback in the league, those are the numbers that you need to hit. I think that's a really good litmus test. I'll talk about that more in just a moment. How about Davis Mills? Davis Mills is one of the worst starting quarterbacks last year in the NFL. Here were his numbers. Uh, He had 61% completion percentage, 3,118 yards, 17 touchdowns, 15 picks. So if you're around those numbers, you're probably going to be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. That's clearly where we don't want Jordan Love to be. Jordan Love will be going into his fourth season this year. 
And I thought one good quarterback to maybe take a look at who was also going into his fourth season was Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones last year, when he went into his fourth season, had a full year as a starter. Now he had started games previously, so it's not again apples to apples here. But Daniel Jones last season in his fourth year had 67% completion percentage, 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. A very bizarro stat line on that Giants team, but three to one touchdown interceptions, not a lot of touchdowns, only five picks, 67% of his completions is really, really freaking good. And then three, you know, 3,200 yards. So like, you know, I think people gained a level of respect for Daniel Jones last year, but that was his fourth season as a, as a NFL player, which Jordan Love's going to his fourth season now. Again, clearly Daniel Jones had starts before that, but that's another interesting player to sort of compare to and say, all right, if Jordan Love can be as good as Daniel Jones was in his fourth season, that's where he would be around. Uh, how about Jalen Hurts? All right, Jalen Hurts is a player who, uh, you know, was drafted in the same draft class as Jordan Love, obviously went after Jordan Love did. Jalen Hurts ended up with a really good season a year ago. But how about Hurts' first year as a starter? All right, which was uh, not last year, but the previous season. But what did he look like in his first year as a full-time NFL starter? Well, completed 61.3% of his passes, 3,144 yards, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. However, What's really difficult about Hertz as well is Hertz ran for almost 800 yards and 10 touchdowns as well. So you can't really com- you know compare apples to apples because Jordan's not going to be an 800 yard, 10 touchdown rusher. But how about you add those yards to the the total yardage? So you had what 39 ish hundred total yards and 26 overall touchdowns if you include the the rushing and the passing with nine interceptions. He also had nine fumbles. I think if you you know start getting somewhere around 3,600 yards and 26 touchdowns, only nine interceptions, I think that's a pretty good litmus test as well for Jordan if he can be what Jalen Hurts was in Hurts' first year as a starter. And hopefully that is a precursor to what Hurts did in his next season and almost basically winning an MVP in a Super Bowl a season ago. So that's another really good litmus test for Jordan. How about another interesting one? That's Tony Romo. Tony Romo had a couple years to sit and you know wasn't the starter right away. Now Romo clearly was not a first over or first round pick for the Cowboys. He was an undrafted player, so it's not total apples to apples again. But how about Tony Romo's first seventeen starts in the NFL? Romo had a sixty-two point six percent completion percentage, four thousand two hundred seventy-six yards, twenty-nine touchdowns, but nineteen interceptions. I think that that is something that we could see closer to for a Jordan Love, where we get closer to maybe that 4,000 yards, maybe around 62% completion percentage only. We get a good amount of touchdowns, maybe 28, 29 touchdowns, but we also see an an increased number of interceptions, maybe more in that 18-ish range. I think that's within the realm of possibility, but that's what Tony Romo did in his first 17 games as a starter. How about Jordan Love's last college season? I think that's another interesting way to look at this. Love in his last college season, now he didn't have a very good supporting cast, but had 62% completion percentage, 3,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So not exactly what he's going to be doing in the NFL, not the same amount of games, but that's what he was at in his very last year in college. Now the previous year of that, he was insane. He was awesome, but that last year, not quite as good. 
if I had to say, if I had to put numbers on this, but just based on all these numbers that we went through, what Love did in college, you know, what Rodgers did in his first year, what Rodgers did last year with the team that, you know, Jordan Love is taking over to some extent, right? Obviously different receivers and those sort of things. Uh, you look at Tony Romo and some of these other quarterbacks that we mentioned, Jalen Hurts first year as a starter. I think this is where I would say and sort of set that line for Jordan Love. 62% completion percentage, around 3,500 yards. And can you get to that 24 touchdown to 12 interception mark? If you can have a two to one touchdown to interception ratio, 3,500 yards, 62% completion percentage, I think that would be a really good start to the Jordan Love era. Which brings us back to where Aaron Rodgers was a season ago. So those expectations, again, I'll say them one more time, 62% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. Rodgers last year, 64.6% completion percentage, so a couple percentage points higher than that 62. Rodgers had 3,695 yards. The expectation I put there for Love was 3,500 yards. Rodgers had 26 touchdowns. My expectation for Love was 24. And Rodgers had 12 picks. My expectation or goal for Love was 12. So Rodgers, a little bit better completion percentage, a couple hundred more yards, two more touchdowns, save him on interceptions. I think that's somewhere what you're looking at. And again, if I think Jordan has that sort of season this year, around 3,500 yards, 62% completion percentage and a 24 to 12 touchdown to interception, I think that'd have to be deemed a pretty darn good success. And I think, again, that would put him right where Aaron Rodgers was a season ago. Now, record-wise, Rodgers was 6-10 and 10 in his first year as a starter. And very clearly, wins are not a quarterback stat. This takes the whole team. But Rodgers was 6-10 and 10 in his first year, and Rodgers and the Packers were 8-9 and nine a season ago. And I think if we're being fair to Jordan, I think the Packers' expectation and Jordan's expectation is somewhere clearly in that range. Probably 6-10 and 10 at worst, you're hoping. I think there's a level that they can get to above 8-9. and nine. I think this team could be a playoff team if Jordan plays well. But I think that's probably the range, right? If you look at Aaron in his first year as a starter where he played well, you know, had some question marks about the supporting staff or supporting cast in his year. There's a lot of injuries that year, but six and ten in his first season, eight and nine last year with a very similar team as to what Jordan will be taking over. I think somewhere in the range should be the expectation for Jordan Love there as well. That's why I want to go, you know, over some of the nuances of how we should evaluate Jordan this upcoming season. The first thing is that the weapons around him are going to play a major part. And I think it's fair to maybe be slightly critical of where this roster is when Jordan takes over, especially at the weapon position. Like, yes, you have Aaron Jones. That's going to be a really good thing. You still have an AJ Dillon. Christian Watson, I think everyone has super high hopes for, but you're going to have probably six wide receivers that are either rookies or second year players for his six primary wide receivers. His top two tight ends are going to be rookies. And yes, you've got a Josiah DeGuara there, but Josiah DeGuara has played basically as many snaps in the NFL as like a normal second year tight end. Tyler Davis, still very young and inexperienced. So you've got Jones, you've got an AJ Dillon, you've got Josiah DeGuara, but everyone else is a rookie or second year player. There's a lot of youth and inexperience on this offense surrounding Jordan Love, and that is going to create a very volatile environment for a first-time starting quarterback. So I think that is going to be something that needs to be taken into consideration as we evaluate Jordan Love this upcoming season, and quite frankly, is a reason why I don't think there's this huge expectation for Jordan, because I do think he has a very young supporting cast alongside of him. Another noteworthy thing here is that the NFC is not very good. 
So I think there maybe is some expectation that Jordan should be able to at least keep this team afloat and make it that they are competing for a playoff spot at the end of the season. Will they get in the playoffs? Probably not. Maybe not. Maybe they do. I don't know. Like that's going to be the fun part of the season. But I think if Jordan plays well enough, the expectation should be that they're at least competing for a playoff spot. But I think the bigger thing here is that the goal should not be stats. The goal should not be the record. The goal should be improvement and consistent progress. That's what I want to see out of Jordan Love. And I know maybe that's, I don't know, a bit participation trophy for a fourth year quarterback who is a former first round pick. I think if there are those of you who want to say, hey, like, screw that. I want to see this guy play well. He's had three years to sit behind Aaron. He's had all this time. He was a first round pick. Green Bay traded up for him. I want to see him go and ball out. I understand you. I get you. I really, really do. But this is a very nuanced situation. He has not had a ton of time to play in this league. And I do think that whether he's a first year starter, and I remember he's still pretty young, younger than some of the quarterbacks in this last draft. So if he comes out and maybe has some struggles at the beginning of the season, but shows consistent progress and consistent improvement throughout the year, and we see real flashes of success at the end of the year, I think there's a lot to take away from that too. And I think the really big thing here is, can he show signs of improvement? Can he get better as the season goes along? If the answer is yes, I think there's a real opportunity to, for Jordan to be successful, regardless of record, regardless of box score. I think you want to see him improve consistently as the season goes along. So I think the other question then becomes is what does Green Bay need to see out of Jordan Love? Because if they want to feel some level of confidence that he can be the guy moving forward, he's going to have to show them. He's going to have to show them command, control of the huddle, complete command of the playbook. He's going to have to show that he can show those signs of improvement throughout the season, that he can lift some of the players around him, that he goes out and has a pretty good season and keeps his Packers team afloat and gives them a puncher's chance at a playoff spot at the end of the season. Jordan can do those things. I think this is going to be viewed as a success and Green Bay, I don't think he's going to be out there looking for his replacement this upcoming draft. If it's not those things, if he has a really tough season, then yeah, we could be talking about you know, a, a rough season for Jordan, which maybe led to Green Bay bringing in some competition for him as soon as this next upcoming season. So is Jordan Love under pressure? Yes, absolutely. Every starting quarterback is, and certainly anytime you're filling in as the next in line following Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers is going to be a level of pressure. But what should those expectations be? Growth and improvement, some real highlight level flashes. And I think the big, the big final one here is moments of real true sustained success. It's great to have flashes. It's great to have highlight level plays, but he can he go a two or three game stretch where he looks like a real legitimate starting caliber, you know, top 20, top 15 NFL quarterback. If he can do that by the end of the year, I'm going to feel pretty, pretty positive about his outlook moving forward. I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, first year and last year, give a pretty good litmus test for what you want Jordan to be. And the other one I'll say one more time is Derek Carr season. All right. I want to go over Derek Carr's season one more time with you because I think this is the ultimate Mendoza line for Aaron or for Jordan Love and what to sort of get out of this upcoming season. So Derek Carr was the 22nd, you know, highest rated by quarter by quarterback actual quarterback rating, not ESPN's QBR, but by actual quarterback rating, right around the 22nd best quarterback, depending on which ones you want to eliminate for games played and things like that. But right around the 26th, you know, best quarterback. One more time for Carr, 305 out of 502, 60.8% completion percentage, 3,522 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 picks. I think if he does better than that, if he can be, 
you know, basically then one of the top 20 quarterbacks in the league, wherever that may show up, I think you're in very good hands. I think that's a phenomenal start to Jordan Love's career. I think if it's on equal footing, same season Derek Carr had a season ago, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I think you're still uncertain at that point. And listen, I know Derek Carr just got a big contract again and is going to be a starter, but I think that's sort of the, okay, we've got a starting caliber quarterback, but can he can he still show signs of improvement and be better moving forward? And then lastly is if he's worse than that line, if he's worse than the 60.8% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 picks, then I think those question marks start coming. So I think Derek Carr's season last year is that perfect Mendoza line, the perfect measuring stick for what you want Jordan to be. If it's above Derek Carr's season, probably good. If it's at, okay, let's wait and see. If it's below, all right, we've got some problems and we're going to have to really evaluate some things. That's where I would sort of put it. Last but not least, the biggest thing, the last thing I'll say is, I think we're going to know what Jordan is when we see it. I don't think we're going to have to dive too far into the analytics. I don't think we're going to have to dive into the box score all that much. We've seen Brett Favre. We've seen Aaron Rodgers. And this wasn't perfect from the get-go for those players either. It took some time. But I think we're going to know if Jordan has what it takes to be the future starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I think it's so necessary for us to get the opportunity, and more importantly, the Packers to get the opportunity to see that, to see if he can be the guy. But I don't think it's... I, in. I think there should be grace and I think there should be some understanding that it's not going to just happen like that. And like overnight, all of a sudden it's going to be amazing. But if he shows those signs of improvement, if he can show signs of sustained success and some really flash highlight level worthy play, I think we're going to know it when we see it. And I don't think we're going to have to dive too far into all the other stuff. We're smart enough as Packer fans to recognize a really good quarterback when we see him at this point. And I think we're going to see just what Jordan's capable of. And if he can be the long-term starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, we'll get a much better feel for that as this season goes along. And I think that just is one of the huge key fun things that's going to make this season so desirable to watch as a Packer fan. That's going to do it for me today. Always appreciate you joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.